voice heard on topics including upcoming movies, TV shows, DVD releases, and video games. And now introducing your host, Torius Neal. What is up, everybody, in Impact Land, East Lansing, Candyland, um, Algoron? I, I like Candyland. Candyland is a really good place to visit. You get to you get those mounds of like caramel and like Gumdrop Lane and Gingerbread Men. I am very astute at Candyland. I wish they had a Candyland Professional Players League. Mm, the World Series of Candyland. The World Series of Candyland. <laughs> Got to turn that down there because I think my headphones are so loud. That the mic's picking them up. Nice. Good work. Nice. Well, welcome everybody to the mother of all shows. I promise I'll stop talking about Candyland. Um, mm-hmm. My name is Notorious Neil. Chris is here in mm-hmm. studio with me. Yes, I am. Aaron's MIA. I don't know where Aaron is. And as I look at my cell phone, nope, I don't have a text message or a voicemail. So it's kind of like, oh. oh, there he is. And wow. guess what? Much to the chagrin of all the ladies, he's rubbing himself. Yes, that's right. Sorry, I <laughs> left my phone at my apartment when I started over here, so I wasn't able to get any <laughs> any uh, messages that you probably have called me 14 times or something like okay. that. Okay, now Jay is positioning him. We have uh, Engineer Crazy Jay in the studio. Jay, say something before you leave. You know, you don't uh, need to move me. You can just turn my mic up louder. That works, too. <laughs> well, not, you know, he still you sound so distant. You, you know, you want to be... Eight to ten inches away from the microphone. I try to distance myself from, from everyone. I try to stand out in that way. Hello, everyone. I'm here. Hi. And, and, and John O'Brien. John O'Brien is making faces at me. Today on the Mother of All Shows, we got a review of Silent Hill. We have a preview of May Sweeps. May's coming, so that means advertisers want to figure out if they can promote things on air on the show. On our show? Uh, not on our show. No. And I say we're gonna show and relate to your show. I don't. We're gonna talk about United ninety three and the future of JJ Abrams, because JJ Abrams has a nerdy future ahead of him. Excellent, excellent. And Aaron has changed his facial tattoo or his facial piercing. No, it's the same one. It's just that it, it uh, yesterday when I was boxing, it got punched out of my face, and so like the ball that's on it, it uh, like shattered, and so now I have to like take the ring and like. Flip it. I don't know. I just have to like roll it over. Okay. This is this is a lesson for the kids listening to the Motherball shows. Don't box with a lip ring. Yeah, it's really not a great idea. But you should have seen the other guy. Like right after that, I connected right to his nose. It's great. <laughs> oh, as long as you got the comeback, you know. Yeah. He got me in the Revenge. lip, and it really hurt, and I started bleeding, and then I got him. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Did you use your star when you used that punch? No. I don't. I don't use stars. I don't need the use of stars. That's too bad. That's stars too bad because you know stars. You know, you just hit them in the gut, and then he's all like, and then you use your star. You hit select. Use your star. And fast uppercut. He goes down on the mat. And Mario comes out, and he goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. I don't really think our boxing coach would be like to be called Mario. <laughs> well, I've wasted yeah, enough time on this show. We're gonna get right into a review of Silent Hill. I'm seeing a movie with friends. And now it's time for a movie review on the mother of all shows. This week we're reviewing Silent Hill. Rose De Silva, played by Rhonda Mitchell, has a seemingly perfect life. She has a beautiful daughter, Sharon, played by Jodell Furlan, and a good husband, Chris, played by Bora B- I mean, 006. I mean, Sean Bean. Her daughter has a problem sleepwalking, which is a bummer. 
When Sharon sleepwalks, she talks about a place called Silent Hill. Her parents don't really know what to do. Rose decides to take Sharon against Chris's wishes to Silent Hill. On the way, she has some unfriendly meetings with Officer Sybil Bennett, played by Lori Holden. Sybil thinks she has kidnapped Sharon. On one such encounter, Rose speeds off down the path to Silent Hill. As she speeds down the road, she sees a little girl, swerves to stop her, and crashes. When she wakes up, she's bleeding, it's raining ash, and Sharon's gone. She calls Chris and heads into town. Chris is scared by an inaudible phone call from Rose and heads out to find his wife and daughter. What both parents find is shocking and horrific. And yeah, kind of confusing. What I loved about Silent Hill is the acting and the cinematography. Sean Bean is the man. No matter what role he's required to play, he pulls it off perfectly. Is there anything he can't do? He's like the English equivalent of Ken Watanabe. Lori Holden does the take no crap cop routine very well. Sybil is doing her job and she takes no crap from anyone. Rose, creepy monsters, insane townspeople, whatever. Speaking of insane townspeople, there's Clarabelle, played by Oz Creek. I can't really tell you about the character very much. It would spoil the movie. She plays the leader of the church where the last remaining inhabitants of Silent Hill live. She truly believes what she is doing is right, even though it isn't. She does the egomaniacal female part really well, and she looks creepy. Rhoda Mitchell does okay, but her problem isn't the acting, it's the character. Cinematography makes Silent Hill very creepy. It creates a successful horror backdrop. Everything looks untouched and dusty, and then when the evil is unleashed, it looks dirty, disgusting, and downright scary. Christoph Gaines does a very good job in his first big Hollywood movie. But as I have said before on this show, all the good acting and visuals can't save your film from a script that is beyond horrible. Okay, let's get something straight. I don't have the bias of having played Silent Hill before. I read some of the plot synopsis before I saw the movie and was confused. In the game, instead of the mother running around after Sharon, it's the father, and he gets a gun. But the same stuff happens. But you can't think you can fit 20 plus hours of video game plot into a two hour movie. Things go from slow to lightning fast to slow again. Really not sure what's happening. I knew what was going on, but from the reaction of the crowd I saw the movie with, I was the only one. They do try to explain things towards the end, which is very helpful, but it seemed very fake. There are a lot of times you get a, I've seen this in a video game thing going on, and that makes things seem dumb and stupid. One major problem I had was with the ending. It's not the same ending as the game. I have complained about the ending of The Hills Have Eyes, and the same complaint can be said here. Ever since Carrie, movie makers seem to think that they can do a stupid twist ending at the end of horror film to make things seem like they're going to happen all over again. Don't do that. Halloween, Friday the 13th, and The Nightmare on Elm Street had it right. Let's say the killer might still be out there, but it doesn't impede the happiness of the hero. This ending just made me want to throw things. While it makes more sense than some endings, I wish they would have just done the video game ending and got it over with. Many people complain that this movie is too hard to understand. I don't believe that. I think that they packed too much plot into this movie, but it isn't impossible to understand. Every time Sean Bean or Alice Creed grace the screen, it's gold. The visuals make everything good and scary. It's not a horrible horror movie, but it really isn't good either. But I would go as far as to say this is one of the best video game adapted movies ever. That also means that this movie is better than Double Dragon and Super Mario Brothers. Another thing that is better than Double Dragon and Super Mario Brothers is two hours of watching paint dry. On the mother of all shows, Scale of Awesomeness, I give Silent Hill a six. Excuse me, sir, the show's over. But I have nowhere to go. And we're back on the Mother of All Shows right here in Impact 89 FM, and that was my review of Silent Hill. It got a six. Maybe it should get three sixes, and then it'd be like the best horror rating ever. I'm I'm kidding. This is when I need a laugh track. 
I've always said the or show needs. <laughs> I've always said the show needs a laugh track. Chirp button would be much better. Okay. <laughs> Top five movies the past weekend. Coming in at number one, we have Silent Hill. So even though it really wasn't that good of a movie, it's still the number one movie in America. It's all the the video game guys. Well, when I went in on Sunday night, uh, I was kind of surprised that there were like. 15 girls? high school <laughs> There were girls there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but um there was Things like have changed since I was in high school. <laughs> girls didn't play video games. But there was like 20 people in it and half the audience was like high school students that were morons, but you know, whatever. Hey. Uh coming in number 2, I don't want to make fun of uh, high school students cuz they're probably my listening audience. You guys rock. I'm doing the metal sign. Go I make fun of you students. high school students, so there you go. <laughs> Don't blame me, I'll blame me. If you would like to yell at Aaron, call us at 432-3893, but be forewarned, if you start yelling at Aaron, I'll probably like drop your call. Coming in number two, we I'll have... I'll be able to make fun of you and not let you say anything in return. <laughs> It'll be lovely. Uh, coming in number two, we have Scary Movie 4. Yeah. Coming in number three, we have Michael Douglas and Kiefer Sutherland in The Sentinel. Kiefer Sutherland doing 24 in the movies uh, really didn't work. I'd consider that maybe mediocre success and only made 14 mil. Uh, coming in number four, sliding all the way down. I think it's melting, I say, to melt down. And coming in number five, we Dude, have... Dude, you gold. just totally did the thing I was talking about a couple weeks ago, saying I can't wait till Ice Age starts dropping. Be like, oh yeah, it's starting to melt. <laughs> you totally stole my cheesy line. How dare you? How dare I? <laughs> All right, so Ice Age Meltdown, it's beat, it's broke 150 million, so you know what? But it's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in number five, we have the Wild Bomb. Hey, it's still in the top five. Yeah. But it's only made like 20 million, and that's. A <laughs> yeah, I know. I only make that in like a day, so. If a Disney movie doesn't make over like 100, Disney considers it a bomb. Yeah. They have two high expectations of their films that are ripping off DreamWorks. <laughs> so Everyone's already seen The Wild. They don't need to see it again. Yeah. Now, coming out tomorrow, we have a very controversial film, United 93. This is a real-time account of the events of the United Flight 93, one of the planes hijacked in the 9-11 terrorist attacks that crashed near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Um, I've heard conflicting reports on... On whether this was any good. Some people say it wasn't. Some people said it was. I mean, it touched Brian Williams enough that he made mention of it on the nightly news last night. He's like, it's one of those movies where you don't leave happy. Everyone in the theater was crying and what have you. Um, my thought is, is that if you're going to do a 9-11 movie, it's got to be good. You can't do a half-cheeked, half-donkeyed 9-11 film at all. I think you can say half-ass on air. Can I say? Okay. You can't make a half-ass 9-11 film. I just got the okay from... Don't be a wimp. Just say it, Neil. Ass! Um, <laughs> now, see, there's something where you had to, I had to edit a word in otherwise, because there's, you know, don't be a wimp. There's another word I would have rather used, but that is not FCC. <laughs> FCC and your stupid rules. I know. Um, But, you know, 9-11, you know... Is it too soon? Do you think it's too soon, Chris, to be doing a 9-11 film? No. I don't. I, it, it's, what, uh, almost five years? It's, it's going to be five years this September. Yeah. I, you know, and it's one of those, it's, it's definitely going to be one of those events that 20 years down the road, if nobody had ever made a movie, is it too soon to do this? I mean, really, I don't, with this kind of situation, 
yeah, within a year or two, that would have been definitely too soon when it was so fresh in our minds. You know, where now I think, you know, things have calmed down. Our attention are elsewhere, sort of, kind of, in a way. And, uh, <laughs> you know. And another disaster of sorts. Yeah, it, it, I, I just, I really think that no matter what length of time was waited, there would be a group of people somewhere saying, this is too soon, this is an outrage, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that could be when, you know, we're all in nursing homes, you know, and the, we're the only ones that remember it. I, oh, one thing, one thing. If you want to chime in on this, 432-3893, get your word out. Uh, Aaron, The continue. one thing I was going to say is that um, the one thing that I could possibly see going wrong with this film is that, you know, like right after September 11th, there's all that, like, anti-Muslim sentiment because everyone thought, like, oh, my gosh, they're from the Middle East, you're going to be terrorists. I just hope that you know they're able to paint in the pic in the movie. Be like, yeah, there's some extremist, crazy people, but you know, it's like that's it's not you know they don't ge- overgeneralize because I know that they did that in um, Black Hawk Down. They showed that that you know there's some extremist groups out there um, that were attacking American soldiers and doing horrible things to them. But you know, not everybody felt the same way as they did. I just I don't know. That's one thing that I can really see going wrong. With the film is where the, you know the only uh, Muslim population in the movie ends up being the guys that are flying the plane or the guys that are have already crashed the plane, mm-hmm. and that being the only representation that they have in the movie, which uh, I think would kind of be not so good. It's going to happen. On um, the way I th- I have seen the trailers and I perceive the way they're doing this is that it's going to be from the perspective of the passengers and the flight traffic controllers. Right. So hopefully that they do. They they add a horror cliche in this, which is where you don't really see the hijackers. Oh no, you see them. I've well, seen I, it in the pre- I've seen yeah, it in the previews. You see them the flying the plane. You see because there's one shot where they've got a clip, like a picture of the White House clipped to the uh, the steering mechanism of the plane, and it pans up to the guy's face. You do see them. I just hope that you know they don't really characterize them. Right, that's what I'm saying. That they. They keep the focus on the passengers, which is w- what they're really talking about happening, keeping it on the passengers, right. and I keep mean, it on the flight control. Well, there's no mean, way that, that you can deny that the you know the the pilots of the plane were a certain ethnicity, were a certain religion, were a certain group of people. You can't deny that, and you can't avoid that through the mm-hmm. movie because that wouldn't give the movie you know do the movie justice. But you also can't dwell on it. And keep dwelling on it and keep dwelling on it and keep pounding it at people because that in itself will also then become a problem. Well, I think, I mean, especially with, it, you know, this movie, there there are definite heroes in the movie. And, and those are the people they should focus on. I mean, right. there, there was the passengers and stuff that, that, you know, ultimately brought the plane down and stuff. You know, whereas the terrorists themselves, I, you know. Who cares? Who cares about them, <laughs> honestly, you know. And, and, and I, I, that's, that I, you know. With through character development and you know all the all the the things that you use to make a movie, I hope that everything is geared towards the passengers. I I honest I don't even want to know about yeah. the terrorists, other than the fact that they're terrorists and they hijack the plane and destroy. That's all I really yeah, want to know about them. You don't need much development after that. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if anyone would even care about it. That yeah, much. exactly. One one thing that I like about this movie is that they all casted unknowns to play everybody. That's good. So you don't get hung up on... In my review of Silent Hill, 
I said Boromir, and then I made reference to Goldeneye calling Sean Bean 006. And you can't have that type of thing in this movie. No. Right. Oliver Stone, who's doing a 9-11 picture himself, um, is using named actors. I do believe that Nicolas Cage is in it. Well, don't don't quote me on that. He's actually using real actors, but he's not doing um, 9/11 inside a hijacked plane like United 93 is. That's more of I think it's the story of a policeman in the towers, which which can be easy e- more easily accepted, right? Because they've done they've done stories like like that so before they, where it's more of just one central character where yeah versus a group of people like this and i think they want to get the point across where the major star of this movie isn't one single character it's all the passengers you notice how they never even did actor credits in the trailer mm-hmm. yeah they just well, I mean, and they didn't even know actors it's kind of hard to do that anyway because well, like they, they could have they could have anyway right and now introducing and they yeah. didn't really do a single character shot of the passengers. They just did, in the trailers at least, they just did whole group shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's trying to get the sense that the passengers are the star and it's just not one person. And I'm interested, um, I've kind of said that coming out of this might be kind of like what happened when you came out of The Passion of the Christ, yeah. which was, I'm. You're a lot more introspective than, than anything else. Yeah. It's, a, it's definitely it's one of those things where they're definitely walking a thin line. He won't be walking out thinking, "Man, that's going to be the feel good flick of the summer." <laughs> <laughs> I am not giving that the feel good flick of the year. Yeah, I'll give that to Hostel. Yeah, uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, that's I don't. The movie, I don't know. I people keep saying that you know it's too early. You guys are mentioning that, but I think it's funny. The guy, what is it? His green grass. Oh, green grass. Yeah, he actually went to each individual family of everyone that was on that plane and asked them their permission to be able to make this like hey listen i'm thinking about making a, a movie about uh you know united 93 i want to make it about you know have your family your mom your dad your brother sister whatever would you have a problem with that and everyone and every single family said you know it's it's i think it's time that somebody did do this because you know they don't want people to forget about what happened and you know, they're the ones that are going to be impacted the most about this, and they're the ones that are, like, all about the movie. The people that aren't – the people that were not affected at all, I don't think should have a say in, oh, this is too early. I don't think that we're ready to take – you weren't involved with it. You didn't have someone that died in the plane. You should have no say. You should just shut up and let the movie be made. If it's the people who had family there, if they had a problem, then, you know, then that should be – that issue should be addressed. But until then, you know, all you peanut gallery people, just shut up. Shut your mouth. We don't want to hear you. We have a caller. I hope it's not a high school student that uh, says Aaron sucks. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, I'm not a high school student, actually, but uh, – <laughs> Oh, wait. Uh, you guys can hear me. Uh, with Candyland, it's all about predestiny. Uh, when you shuffle the cards, that's how the game's going to be played. Uh, that's what you have to teach five-year-olds, um, which sucks. Um, you have to come to that fact. And the second thing, uh, that Sentinel movie was pretty bad. Was it? The Sentinel, yeah. It was yeah. kind of pretty predictable. So. All right. Just well, so you know. Uh, thanks, man. Hey, thanks. See ya. Yeah, United 93, released tomorrow. Um, don't know how it's... I, I think it'll probably end up being one of those movies that does really well just because of all the hype. Because of we what just, it's about. We just spent ten minutes talking about it. And it... It's not like Brokeback Mountain where it was overhyped to no end. People are just, it's a genuine, genuine concern 
over the content. This is one of those things where they just had to let it be known that it was coming out on Friday, however yeah. they felt. And you know, they could have done it a week in advance. You know, and I still yeah, think it'll be the top movie in America. Oh, yeah. On well, the weekend. It's got stiff competition, and uh, one movie that's going to be the direct opposite of United United 93 is RV, where Dan Monroe, played by Robin Williams, and his dysfunctional family, including wife Cheryl Hines, run an RV for a road trip to the Colorado Rockies, where they encounter National a bizarre vacation. community. What? What? So, so, wait, by the by you saying it's going to be the complete opposite of 93, you're saying United 93 is going to be a great movie. Oh, <laughs> Okay, let's get this straight. It's Robin Williams, Cheryl Hines, and the rest of the developments, Will Arnett and Tony Hale. Um, this is going to be pretty funny, whether it's Death to Smoochie funny. I love Death to Smoochie. Yeah, it was it was all right. I didn't find Death to Smoochie that, that funny. I mean, it made me laugh a couple of times, but like seeing the previews, I mean, there are a bunch of really stupid jokes in the movie, if that's what they're trying to hype. I mean, it's got the, what? Who's that one singer chick? Uh, JoJo or whatever her name is? The one that's like 11? 12, I don't know. That, I think she's probably like 15 I don't now. follow 11 or 12 It year looks old. too much right. like National Lampoon's Vacation was good until they got to like the 15th one. Exactly. But this movie excuse just doesn't me, look that excuse great. Excuse me. Excuse me. There were only four, and the last one rocked my world. Uh, I like all of them. European's my, my least favorite. I was going to say European was... Kind of not the greatest, but it was still really funny. It was still good. All right, continue your thought, Aaron. I just had to yell. I was just, I was just saying it just doesn't look that good. The the previews normally they try to put their best material or at least part of their best material in a trailer, and it's the movies that they have. I mean, it's Robin Williams fighting off a couple uh, raccoons that were in the RV. One pops out of the oven. <clears throat> Another time, you know, the GPS system is telling him he's not on a road because he's hung up on a huge rock and the oh, the on, RV's teetering back and forth, or he's hanging onto the front of the RV as it's flying down this hill. It's it's all going to be physical humor. But like, oh, let's see how many times Robin Williams can get scratched by a raccoon. Ha ha! This is funny. Yeah, for a twelve year old. I I'm hoping that Robin Williams doesn't phone this one in. Cheryl Hines is really talented too. And so is Will Arnett and Tony Hale. They've got really... They've got talent. It's just they've got the really script that I'm worried about. Talent. And if the talent was allowed to flourish, if... And my philosophy of movie making, especially in comedies, is that if you get on the set and you have a comedian like Robin Williams, and he goes, you know, this is pretty funny, but I have another idea. Or you just, you just sit down with them and you let them be funny because Robin Williams is hilarious. Yeah. But if he's been constricted creatively or he's, if he's just phoning this one in, it's going to be horrible. And I think this movie is going to be make or break on Robin Williams' performance um, and Cheryl Hines, who, curb your enthusiasm, she's really funny. <laughs> A movie that, I saw the trailer to Stick It, and I got excited, and the only reason I got excited was because they were playing Fall Out Boys. I slept with someone in Fall Out Boy, and all I got was this stupid song written about me. I love that song. I hate Fall Out Boy. Right, after running in the law with the law, Haley Graham played by Missy Pergerm. Yeah. Is forced to return to the world from which she fled years ago, enrolled in an elite gymnastics program run by the legendary Burt Vickerman, played by Jeff Bridges. Haley's rebellious attitude gives away to something that might just be called Team Spirit. So it's a gymnastics movie. It's bring it on on a gymnastics mat. Sweet. <laughs> Sold. I hate bring it on. Me too. I like gymnasts. 
<laughs> I like gymnasts too. I'm just talking about bring it on. I'm just saying, yeah, gymnasts are great, just not in movies. I don't know, and it's got that hot chick from Waiting Big. in it, the one that played the hostess. Oh yeah. I forget her name, but she's really hot. I don't know. I just, I just, I'm not gonna go see this movie. I, I her, know that. I think her name's Vanessa Wengies. Sure, she's hot. I just, I just know it looks really stupid. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, it looks almost exactly the same. It's a yeah. group of girls that are at a school, a high school or something, in the middle of California. They're having some crisis. The guys think they're hot, and then they triumph over adversity. Whipty friggin' and there's do. one rebellious girl. And yeah. you know what? You're making this movie sound really dumb. That's because the movie is really dumb. I don't have to make it dumb. It already is. And we're moving on unless... Wait, do I have someone that's going to phone in? No, they hung up. We also have Akila and the Bee, a gifted young girl by, played by Kiki Palmer from the Crenshaw District in South Los Angeles, trains from the National Spelling Bee with the help of recruit reclusive professor played by Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett's also in this. Before anyone says anything, I think this movie could be... Um, one of those family films that is like generationless. Um, it seems to me, in some of the stuff I've seen, that it's not—it's not about so much that she can spell. It's about what happens because she's getting national attention, and what happens to the community because they spend send someone to the national spelling bee. It's that being said, it's about the national spelling bee. Yeah, I want. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted to just see one scene of the movie. Where Lawrence Fishburne's like, I got you a present to help you with the spelling bee. Reach behind him and pull out a Mr. Speaking spell. <laughs> like, here, this is what you need to use. It helped me. I don't know. I just think I, it's spelling. I'm horrible at spelling. Who wants to go watch a movie about spelling? And it's made by Lionsgate. S-T-U-P-I-D. Lionsgate. go. Lionsgate films. I don't know. I think Lawrence Fishburne, he chose this project, so I kind of like... Don't completely hate his project choices all the time. So, I don't know. It's one of those ones that's just probably going to be... I'm going to have to be bored to watch it. Mm-hmm. But it could be really good. It's going to be like going to school, man. You're going to be watching a movie for two hours about spelling. We I left that behind in elementary school. You know, my... That's my what Microsoft junior... Word is for. <laughs> Get the little my... underlining thing. Except when I go on your computer and I change the autocorrect. Instead, when you type the, it says Aaron, Aaron's stupid. Is that there. what happened? I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> you jerk. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, it could be good. I don't really think it's going to do well in the, the theaters, though. I think it might do well on DVD. Well, we're moving on, and J.J. Abrams is the man. He created a little show I like to call Felicity, Alias, and Lost. And then he's directing Mission Impossible 3, which, which looks really good. Yeah. You can't do It's Mission Impossible, do you? I've only seen one one commercial for it. So. Oh, I think it looks really good. Wow. I've seen one commercial for it 15,000 times. <laughs> yeah, 15,000 times. Now he's going to produce something else, and that movie is Star Trek Eleven. And I'm completely serious, which could be really cool. The directing team behind Loss and Alias are going to produce uh, Star Trek Eleven, where Abrams is probably going to write and direct this too. So let's get a big Hollywood talent that created Lost and let them loose in the Star Trek universe. Star Trek's like Bond. It's never going to go yeah, away. It is never going to go away. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not. No. Nah. Well, the bad thing about this is is that um, they're still 
they're still going to go forward with the prequel where Kirk and Spock are in Academy, which is really dumb. Yeah. But J.J. Abrams is producing it, so, you know. Is that what this one's going to be about? Yeah. Uh. So are they actually going to have uh, Shatner. Shatner in it? <laughs> Shatner's going to be wearing a young guy. Well, who, who, gosh, I was trying to, hat. as you were talking about that, I was trying to figure out what's the name of the guy that plays Spock. I can't remember right now. Uh, Leonard Nimoy. That's it. They should have them in as, like, cameo appearances. Oh, I'm sure Somehow. Like, have the Academy somehow warp them through time and see them as they're old and decrepit. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm doing Priceline commercials. What have I done? No. Um, in an interview with J.J. Abrams, he reiterated the point that he has signed on to produce with an option to direct. So he's not officially directing it, but I think he will. Um, when when asked about the Kirk Spock prequel, he said, "Quote: We've made a pact not to discuss any specifics. Um, That's a those yes. characters are spectacular. I just think that you know they could live again. I don't know." Could anyone do Kirk as well as William I Shatner? really don't know. Don't know. Chris, I really think we that all do <laughs> awesome Kirk impressions. Awesome, awesome Kirk impressions. Um, I got no, cast- we know Scotty either. That's a really yeah, sad yeah, yeah, yeah. James Dohan. I love I miss you, Dr. Buddy. Sulu. Where's, where's, where's he going to fit in? He what? needs to be in there. Dr. McCoy. Well, the actor who played McCoy is dead, too. Sulu? Oh, Sulu? Yeah. Sulu uh, he came out of the closet, cooler. but he's still around. Yeah, that doesn't matter. He can no. still fix you up. I just find, it, find that was kind of funny. Um, moving onwards, because we got like little time. Uh, Ocean's 13 casting news, which makes this movie seem even cooler, is that Al Pacino has signed on to play a hotel um, executive in Ocean's 13. They're going to try and Al- rip off Al Pacino? It doesn't happen. <laughs> you don't rip off Al Pacino. Al Pacino rips off you. Exactly. <laughs> Al Pacino is the devil, man. I mean, he played the devil in Devil's Advocate. I wouldn't want to mess with him. I mean, he made a really good Satan. I, he, he, I was convinced. Al Pacino, he looks like he could make this really good. Uh, Angelina Jolie in an ensemble picture is really good. Look at Gone in 60 Seconds. She wasn't the star. She let Robert Duvall and Nicolas Cage and that English guy do all the work, and she was really good in that film. Nicolas Cage got to make out with her. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, kudos. Uh, more small news n- trinkets before we go to break. Uh, Transformers, the movie, has Woo! announced some of the human cast, which also make me kind of weird. Uh, John Voight is signed on to, no. is in talks to play Keller, the U.S. Secretary of State. Michael Clark Duncan is closing in on a role to play the Louisiana-born Army Chief Warrant Officer. And uh, Bernie Mac is also no. a front runner for a role to play a used car salesman. Oh, Bernie Mac would be a good used car salesman. Also out is out for roles are Tyrese Gibson, John Totoro, which anything John Totoro does, I'll love. I love that guy. Jeff, did anybody see Anaconda? Seriously. Anaconda. I, I have to uh, very sheepishly admit that, yes, I did. <laughs> I've seen Anaconda. I'm not afraid to admit it. It was pretty good. I laughed through the whole Ice thing. Ice Cube but... and J-Lo together Voight, on film. Voight in that movie, not good. Um, but, you know, there are too many human actors. It's Transformers. Did you ever see Transformers, the movies that took place yeah, in space? Yeah, they're but really, they're really big, and then all the little people get to run around. You probably get about 20 to 30 of them running around Optimus Prime's feet, and then he just, you know, pretty much crushes <laughs> them. Yeah. Get J-Lo in that film. <laughs> For real. Like, <laughs> hey, J-Lo. Never do her own stunts. Check this out. Smack. Uh, 
Wes Craven and his son are his son Jonathan are teaming up to write the sequel to the Hills Have Eyes remake. This will not be a remake of his 1986 atrocity, uh, The Hills Have Eyes 2, because that just kind of screwed everything up. Because in The Hills Have Eyes 2, like half the survivors from the first one, they go they go in a bike gang. They're just riding through the desert, and they happen to fall upon the mutants again. Mm, yeah, that yeah. was kind of dumb. Um, this mutants. This one is talking. become nomadic. Is talking. <laughs> <laughs> this one's talking about a group of National Guard screw ups that come to face face to face with the mutants, and it might lead down to the mines. So they're kind of doing maybe a little bit more like the Alien Aliens thing was, where Alien was really scary, and Aliens was more about shooting everything. Mm. Could yeah. happen. Finally, shooting. finally, my name is Earl Star Jason Lee as lending his voice for the title character of Underdog. Nice. There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. Um, this is going to be a live action movie, kind of like the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie, but hopefully not as stupid. What about Garfield? It's not going to be like that, is oh, it? Oh, that was terrible. This that is probably horrid. they're getting they're getting name people on to well, this. Well, I mean, they had big name people in Garfield too, and it was horrible. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. It's Jason Lee, and he's idol to me. Not gonna lie, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jason Lee's work. You know but, what? Uh, I hope he hasn't made a mistake. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna take a break. You're listening to the Motherball Shows right here in Impact eighty nine FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. From 10 p.m. until midnight Sunday nights, listen to The Impact Afterglow, where you can hear a variety of relaxed tracks to help you ease into the start of a new week. Only on Impact Primetime. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I open as leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I open as leaky doors, cried the second. I open as the bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadylocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back, everybody, to the Motherball Shows right here at Impact 89 FM. We are moving forward and looking at some TV. Damn TV, you've ruined my imagination, just like you've ruined my ability to, to, um, oh well. TV news and reviews on the mother of all shows. I don't know if you guys realize this, but Monday's May 1st. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So that means May sweeps are upon us, and... <laughs> it means rents due, also. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, what I'm worried about. <laughs> and the seasons are running down, and some shows are leaving us, and we're going to preview all of that. Uh, first, Seventh Heaven on May 8th on the WB is ending. 
Um, that's the like the one of the first shows WB ever had, and now it's ending. The best show. Ever. Which show was it? I wasn't listening. Seventh Heaven. It's the um, one where. Oh, um, that doesn't concern me. Jessica it's it. Yeah, that's where Jessica Beale came from with Seventh Heaven, and it's a story. No, Jessica Beale came from a stork. Dropped it off to their mommy and daddy. Jessica Beale rose to prominence in Seventh Heaven. It's kind of like um, 90210, but instead of being in like Beverly Hills, I don't know where the the show is set, but it has a preacher Heaven. and his wife. The small town. The small town. So you know, it had it had that one guy from Star Trek and the whale chick from Star Trek Four in it oh, yeah. play the parents, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird, but you know. I probably would never been able to make that connection between Star Trek and uh, <laughs> Seventh Heaven. Yeah, there's some definite trivia for you. There, there is some definite. I'm very impressed right now, Neil. The fact that you knew that, I, I am shocked and amazed. Um, in so, awe. so um, they CW execs might re- resurrect this one. Um, they're keeping Seventh Heaven second coming option on the table, but I doubt that they're Seventh Heaven. So what are they gonna call it? CW, like what are they, what are they gonna what is it? I forget what CW stands for. Something Warner. I think it's like um, Columbia Warner because Col- okay. yeah, Columbia on GPN. Yeah, okay. Uh, May fourteenth on Fox is the series finale of Malcolm in the Middle. This show has kind of died. Like this the is the last one, or they got one more season? No, this is end series finale. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the deer when you're hunting and you shoot him in the back and you have to sit and watch it die for like three mm. min- three or four minutes. Nah, you just take a couple more bullets and throw it into the skull, man. <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle, I mean, after they took it off uh, Sunday, even when they had it on Sunday, it wasn't doing very well. That was well. the only time I ever watched it, though. But yeah, uh, it was right around Simpsons. Right after this. Simpsons, yeah. yeah. M- Malcolm went to high school and it got all weird and yeah, I don't know. chicks will do that to you, man. Yeah. yeah. Chicks Puberty, and... man, it makes everything awkward. <laughs> also, on May 14th, um, Malcolm in the Middle's uh, series finale will happen directly after The Simpsons, so we'll all watch it, probably, because we're like, oh, we're waiting for Family Guy. Um, also, on May 14th... <laughs> what about War at Home? Where's War at Home going to be? Uh, that show is amazingly funny. Yeah. Uh, also, ending May 14th is um, The West Wing. I really like that they're ending this. The ratings were down, yeah. But I think it would have been insanely stupid to bring in the new president to head to the head West, the show. Cause for what? I'm sorry, I zoned out there. And the West Wing, okay. uh, Martin Sheen had been president for two terms. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like, well, how are we going to deal with this? So they just ran another election. And Martin oh. Sheen's character is kind of is health spading. And they were going to try to continue the series on next season, but NBC dropped him so either kill him or get him impeached that's an easy way to end it yeah i mean and so they're ending the interns get him impeached (laughs) (laughs) but they're ending it they're ending it just like a normal like reagan would have when he ran out of his eight years of president he's just leaving Hmm. so and they're bringing back a lot of people rob Um, Rob Lowe Lowe is going to be on this um series finale so all the people who left are coming back on vh1 may 16th will be the last new episode of love monkey there were like three of them made, so if you missed, yeah. What is that? It's the one where Tom Cavanaugh from Ed plays a indie record executive. Mm. It was on CBS for two weeks, and then mm. VH1's like, that has something to do with music, we'll play it. <laughs> mm, fantastic. Fantastic. May 18th is going to be interesting. That will be the series finale of That 70s Show, 
Now, when you're going to end that 70s show, what, what time of the year should the final episode take place at? I don't know, but you talk about a deer being shot and running around <laughs> for a long time before it finally dies. There's that 70s show. Yeah. Um, what I like about it is the date on the series finale is December 31st, 1979. Oh, really? So they're going to end the show going into the 80s. That's cool. So they can bring back that 80s show. No. <laughs> no, 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 yes. no. That 80s Wham. Sh- Wham. That 80s show is a... Um, there are rumors that Topher Grace Nash and Kutcher, Kutch, Kutcher will appear. If I were them, I would just show up for the end. Because it's only been a season, and people still really remember But I it. miss Topher so much. Well, you can see him in Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the same. Um, May 11th, they're going to have an 83-minute clip job, the final goodbye. So, you get to see all those clips. Sweet. Also, ending May 18th will be Will and Grace. Okay. I don't watch. I lo- I mean, it's funny, but it's Jay's clapping. I guess Jay likes Will and Grace, or is he just referring to the comments made previous to the show? I'm clapping because it's the end of Will and Grace. <laughs> now, to be fair to Will and Grace, Will and Grace to me was like Friends. I found it so sort of entertaining. The cast is really good. I just never watched it. It was episode to episode. Some of them were good, and some of them are like, I don't get it. And Friends was like that with me, too. I mean, I I recognize it was really funny, but I just never watched it. And so, you know, Will and Grace is ending. You don't see me shedding tears. Also, ending May 22nd is Alias um, in a two-hour movie. So, bye-bye, Alias. Um, We also get the end of Survivor, May 14th, and American Idol will end. May twenty third, May twenty fourth. Not so soon enough. Not for, for, soon enough for the like the last time. To, like, no, not gonna do it ever again. These are all endings of the seasons man, now. Man, man. So yeah. No, people are watching it too much. They're making too mm. much money off of the ratings. They're gonna keep going to American Idol until every single person in America has a friggin' record contract. Now, because I don't know how old this article is, um, either last night or next Wednesday will be the season finale of South Park, but they're gonna come back. I think. It is next week, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Crossing Jordan will end May 7th, celebrating the 100th episode, but I do believe I'm the only one at the Impact that watches that show. Yep. Yep. I watch that show. Yeah, I'm sorry. The The Office and My Name is Earl will end on May with season finales May 11th, but they're going to have supersized 40-minute episodes. Um, on The Office... Um, the Steve Carell penned an episode about the Cubicle Clan trying their luck at casino games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what makes The Office so great, is it's just stupid stuff. Uh, it's a great show. I love it. Okay, for Sydney, the OC is ending its season on May 18th. Uh-huh. Yay! Um, yeah. And Another May- show that's kind of flopping around like a dead deer that's dragging <laughs> its bloody, stumpy legs behind it. Uh, May 21st will be the season or the season finale of The Simpsons. Also, May 21st will be the season finale of Family Guy, where Brendan, Brandon Kelly and Donna from Beverly Hills 90210 will be heard from again in a 90-minute closer about Stewie's out-of-body experience. Sweet. So Jason Priestley, Jenny Garth, and Tori Spelling are going to come back on and do their voices. Could have done that without Tori Spelling. Lost will have its season finale May 24th, and I hope they get Walt back, because Walt Walt was kidnapped in, like, the second episode of the season, and they haven't gotten him back yet. No? No. Mm. You even know what I'm talking about? Not a clue. Not a clue. 
It's, it's Michael's son, Walt. He was stolen by uh, the others. Well, we don't know that, why. The kid might have creepy Christine Carey psycho powers. But. He's just chilling in a cave right now, getting back, you know, to uh, his roots and whatnot. And, uh, you know, just bring on the war party. He's going to clean house. <laughs> uh, this Tuesday might be the end of According to Jim and Hope and Faith, if I have my say. Um, that's a joke. Noah Wiley will return to ER this Thursday, or tonight and May 4th. His stuff with him in Africa is kind of cool because they kind of go from, let's do weird stuff in ER, and then they go Carter in Africa and dealing with stuff in Africa. And it's just different. It's nice to see that show sometimes go and do um, shoots that are outside. Yeah. And the Brady, uh, that 70s show is going to have a special episode May 4th where the Brady Bunch brothers... Barry Williams and Christopher Knight play a gay couple. They play a gay couple. That should be interesting. Wait, the the brothers in the Brady Bunch are gay couples now? Oh, well, they're going to play a gay couple in that's that awesome. show. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and Molly Ringwald. Now, do you know who Molly There's Ringwald is? a story of a lovely name. <laughs> of two brothers who <laughs> shacked up in their house without their dad knowing. Uh, Molly Ringwald will be on Medium this Monday. All part of Sweeps Week. Or sweeps month and the 650th episode of cops will air may 20th mm. there's oh they're still making new ones i just thought it was all it's hard to imagine syndication it's it's really hard to imagine that there's that many people without shirts on still in america <laughs> i take off my shirt every time the cop pulls me over just so like, just in case i'm on cops you know <laughs> Sure, just in case something goes down, you don't have to take it off at that point. You can already just start taking off running. Oh, I cannot run the cops. I can do it. I take off my shoes, too. <laughs> it's easier to run the pavement without my shoes. You got shoes the pit ball sitting in your trunk just in case you need to pop the trunk. You're like, I got my dog with me, too. There's my daughter, Geraldine. Run, Geraldine, run. Don't make uh, me hit you. Don't make me hit you now. Um, because it's sweep, there sweeps, there are also... Specials. David Blaine has a special drawn oh, live May eighth on ABC. Is this he does himself <laughs> disappear. No, he's going to live in a tank of water for like he's a gonna, month or something. He's going to try to hold his um, breath under water longer than any human being. Yeah, but it's because he's he's been living in a tank for like I forget x amount of hours, days, whatever. And then at the end of the show, he's going to try and, and break the record, which is over like four and a half minutes. Which, if he doesn't make it, it's a darn good show anyway. He drowns. <laughs> Either way, it's darn good television. It's a win-win situation. Exactly. CBS is going to be counter countering the David Blaine with Keith Barry, Extraordinary. It's a psychological illusionist. I don't know what that means. It means he's a moron like that. He's going to display his vast, Other side guy. vast variety of magic skills on celebrities like Jessica Simpson. Maybe he can, Kay. like... Okay, any psychological, I don't, mental, anything with Jessica Simpson, I'm not going to believe because she probably doesn't understand Remember anyways. that finger trick your uncle did? Uh-huh. I think that would amaze her. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah guaranteed. <laughs> and uh, May 18th, ABC is going to air uh, Stephen King's Desperation. It's a new miniseries um, for Stephen King. Doc- Dr. Phil is going to come back on CBS no. Primetime and tell us all no. we're bad. no. He cut him. He cut his foot off. <laughs> he cut the wrong foot off. <laughs> he shouldn't be here anymore. He shouldn't be here anymore. Oh, he really cut his foot off. Yeah, I watched Scary Four. 
Actually, oh, okay. actually, Stephen King's Desperation is only going to be a one night thing. They NBC's got a movie called Ten Point Five Apocalypse. It's a miniseries, May twenty first to May twenty third. It's a made for TV miniseries about what would happen if an earthquake earthquake measuring ten point five on the Richter scale struck the West Coast, and it's going to threaten the lives of Dean Cain and Carly Pope. Have you ever noticed Discovery Channel's been doing that for the last month? Yeah. Have you ever noticed that like? L.A. always seems to get hit with horrible earthquakes, whereas New York City always gets hit by tidal waves. Can't that we just like switch it up one day and have New York get hit by a huge earthquake and L.A. get swamped? The tectonic plates aren't there. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't care. Make some. <laughs> Do it. It's Hollywood. They don't ever follow the rules of logic and reason. Logic, just, reasoning? They need Spock to run. I want Spock to run Paramount. You know, these are the comments that you shouldn't make because then everyone realizes who you really are. <laughs> yeah, my name is Eugene. Um, uh, uh, quick notes. Uh, Anne Parisi, uh, who plays the uh, assistant district attorney in the original Law & Order, is leaving. Um, like, every two years they get a new ADA for um, Law & Order. Nothing new. Numbers, the CBS um, crime drama that's actually pretty good that has uh, David Koretsky, Korm Holtz. That got renewed for a third season. Um, celebrity cooking, that NBC's attempt at doing like celebrity ice skating or celebrity dancing, that got axed after two shows. It was a four-episode uh, mini special mm-hmm. events, and they just dropped it. I watched, like, maybe at the most ten. You know, I... I... I'm not afraid to admit I like the cooking shows, Iron Chef and whatnot. And that's, I think, what they were kind of going for with this. And it was horrendous. <laughs> it was so that they can just nobody knew what they were doing. And it's just stuff catching on fire and flying around. And it was, <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, OLN, the Outdoor Life Network, will be renamed Versus just in time for next year's NHL season. Can it be called something other than the Outdoor Life Network? It's going to be called Versus. Versus? Like, as in the Red Wings versus the Edmonton Oilers. Yes. That, wow. As in, we're going to win tonight. It's better. Um, For its bold nature, but because it is universally evokes competition. Cartoon Network nice. has um, joined forces with Midway Games to put out games based on um, Cartoon Network properties. For us bitter college kids, that means we finally get a console game featuring Aqua Teen Hunger Force. In studio right now, we have Meatwad. How do you feel about that, Meatwad? Well, I just don't really know about that. <laughs> it could be cool, but then, you know, they just kind of keep hitting me from time to time. I just don't really like it all that much. <laughs> Thanks, Meatwad. Well, no problem. I'm going to go to my room and play with my jam box. See <laughs> All right. And lastly, I guess... I didn't hear about this at all, but apparently on In Demand this past Monday, they did a pay, uh, PPV um, where they televised a seance um, of John Lennon. So they they had the seance for John Lennon, and that was a, pay, a PPV. I'm not going to say what those stand for, for fear of reprisal. And John Lennon's message from beyond the grave is peace. The message is peace. So, or did he write this down, or oh, did he? Just because it was a no, seance, like a Ouija board. There, there mm. was, there was no 
There's nothing said. It was all peaceful. That's why. Um, it didn't work. <laughs> we are You're running morons. We are running out of time, so we're just gonna head straight into some DVDs. DVD? We don't own a DVD player. Yeah, dude. Nobody does. They're too expensive. DVD news and reviews on the mother of all shows. Coming out this past Tuesday on DVD, we have The Passenger, a 1975 movie starring Jack Nicholson Ooh. when he was young. Hey, I'm Jack Nicholson. <laughs> hey, Jack, did you see Meatwad when you were out there? No, I just missed him. Sorry. I think you stepped on him. I ate him. <laughs> um, because I'm Jack Nicholson. What is Jam Box? <laughs> also coming out this past Tuesday was Match Point, where it was Scarlett Johansson and Woody Allen, and Woody doing Woody Allen stuff. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Uh, we had Shop Girl, Steve Martin, scripts and stars, and adapt an adaptation of his novella about a single young woman, Claire Danes, an inspiring artist working behind the glove counter of a Sex Fifth Avenue. In her love with, in her love life with two very different suitors. Sex with Avenue isn't that the story that Winona Ryder tried to rip off? <laughs> Probably. You know, wow. I, I I heard the 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 question posed a while ago, and it's a very good one. You know, where was that movie that she said she was practicing for? <laughs> you know, she said she was she stealing stuff because she was she was doing uh, uh, research for this role she was going to be having yet. I, it, it's been several years now, and I have yet to hear of at even hear of a movie coming I believe out it, that ever known. It's in post production right now. It's in post production right now. Someone stole the film accidentally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they just showed up missing one day. Winona Ryder hasn't been seen since either. Hey, you guys remember that movie we spent like the last six months on? Anybody seen it? I, I don't know where it went. <laughs> Saks Fifth Avenue has it. Also came out this past Tuesday. Eon Flux, the special collector's edition. Yeah. And Tristan and Isodad, where, yeah, it was like Romeo and Sildor. I don't know. No, Sildor, that's from uh, Lord of the Rings. And it might be Queen's right again. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was it saying? Queen, it wasn't Queen's Queenshire. Queenshire, yeah. It's, I don't care. It's what I, it's all I see right there. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Casanova where Heath Ledger tries to hit on chicks in the 18th century. Dr. Doolittle 3. Where I finally have plot, plot synopsis where <laughs> Layla Pratt takes over the family business as Maya Doolittle, daughter of the famous doctor, and inherits her father's gift to talk to animals in this Naturally. major video. Continuation of the family comedy series. It's got in uh, John Amos, some Danny Bonaducci, Gary Busey, Jenna Van Oy, and Norm MacDonald, and Amanda. And but. I- I have to say something. We kind of skipped over it, and I don't want the you know the the time to pass before it's not funny. But you're saying Keith Ledger hitting on chicks in the 18th century. Honestly, he should just stick to guys because it seems to sell a lot better. <laughs> Keith just, just hit on the men. The that, that's thing. all you got to do. It sells so much better when you when you go for the boys. Stick to it. Amanda, what were you going to say? I was going to say, why are they making Doctor Doolittle three? <laughs> why? Because I talked to enough animals. Is it yet? straight to video? Yes. Okay. It's also got that Kyla Pratt is in it. She is on that like a Disney show. She does the animated voice for the girl from the Proud Family. 
My little sister likes the Disney Channel. Whatever, you watch it, you know it. I only watch it for Lizzie McGuire. That's a whole other story. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire, isn't that the Hillary Duff show? Yes. Okay, is that actually still on? Because no, really, she, someone needs to do something about that Right before she did the Lizzie McGuire movie, which came out right before I left for college, she, they stopped doing it. They did like a last oh, episode, good. and then it played into the movie. Good. But good anyway, um, and the Doctor Who before that, I was dragged to the movies to see, and it was like another Disney star. And what's with these horrible Disney stars? What? Stop making Doctor Doolittle movies. That's what I want to say. I should have. I could have said that before too. Eddie, Eddie Murphy isn't funny. No. He used to be. Delirious. He used to be hilarious. Was fantastic. Yeah, he was a very funny man when he was like Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know why Jay's in the studio, but we're yeah. we're continuing on. Final Fantasy VII: Advent Children was also released. It was a continuation of Final Fantasy VII, actually saying what the characters happened. I have this long review from a friend that I was going to read, but basically, he's a huge video game nerd, and he loved it, so draw your own conclusions. For what movie? Uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent. Oh. Children of Advent. Ch- Advent Children. Also released this past Tuesday, we had The Wedding Singer, Totally Awesome Edition. It's totally awesome. Uh, wham. Patriot. The Wham. Patriot and an extended cut and the replacement killers. Wait, they ex- just put out the Patriot and extended edition? Yep. Oh my so God. now instead of four and a half thousand hours long, <laughs> it's like... Five and a half thousand hours long. Sweet. Um, we also have Trial by Jury, the complete first season. That was Law and Order, Trial by Jury. It was like the fourth one with Is BB Newworth. No, that got canceled. But they're still putting out season discs. I like it. But they're putting out the complete series. So you can't. It was still. All it the lasted Law and Order? a season. It lasted one season. That's not good enough to get you a box set. Yeah, apparently it is. Um, American Dad Volume 1 also came out this past Tuesday. Something. They're put Love Monkey out on season <laughs> yeah, They will. Um, something. All three episodes. Something I didn't know. <laughs> Inspector Gadget, the original series, was released on DVD this past really? Tuesday. The first 22 episodes. Of Inspector Gadget. No doubt. I love it. What? Jay over there has got the big thumbs down. Yeah, I talked to Jay about Inspector Gadget before the show, and he's not allowed to talk on this show anymore because he didn't like Inspector Gadget. I don't want to talk to him anymore. You're number one, Jay. Right there. You're number one. Um, Coming out next Tuesday, May 2nd, which is nothing. Um, We have The Family Stone. Hoodwink will be released on DVD next Tuesday. Last holiday where Queen Latifah is dying. Oh, yeah, and she goes and spends all the money and whatnot. And What will make my brother in his Dino Cicerelli jersey happy is that coming that out... This, jersey makes me happy. Coming out this Tuesday is the 1997 season of The Red Green Show. Really? Really. That was it, back when Red Green was good, too. And it... What's funny is that you guys are brothers. Chris, you're wearing red, and Neil, you're wearing green. It just works out very well. And I'm wearing a hockey shirt, too. It says hockey you, across Well, it. yours is the Red Wings jersey. There's more hockey. Um, I yeah. fit the scheme. I, this, <laughs> you didn't get the phone call, did you? <laughs> you didn't get the phone call. Um, I looked on Amazon, and this is the first season set of the Red Green show. It's been on for about 16 years, and yeah, they didn't start with the first season, so it kind of makes me wonder. Well, because, no, I bet, it, because he jumped broadcasting groups. Yeah, that's probably it. So... It'll be one of those things 25 years down the line when we can get the, you know, the CBC collection and the whatever else collection he was on. Mm-hmm. And finally, a little bit of news. There was only one really major news story. Is Ultraviolet will be released on uh, June 27th. My envision for June 27th is that the murder rate will rise in America because people will get Ultraviolet, watch it, and then want to kill somebody. Not because Ultraviolet... Um, 
encourages violence, it's because it's so horrible it just makes you want to go hit people. Mm -hmm. I know these movies. Yeah. Well, it's we're done on Good Mother of All Shows. There. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank Chris. No problem. Go Wings. I'd like to thank Aaron. Go Wings. I'd like to end by real quick like I am East this Sunday at 1 p.m. The Impact softball team and consisting of the entire Mother of All Shows panel will be taking on the state news and, and the softball. And we're going to kick their sorry asses. And we're going to kick their sorry, yeah. And that's this Sunday, 1 p.m., I am East. Come cheer us on and Come. make fun of the state news. Yes, make fun of the state news. I will see you guys all next Thursday for the Mother of All Shows. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.